We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you finish Did you that? Did that? We're about, one half, we're about halfway there. We're just saying that he's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark Show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night. We're on our SAC preview show tonight, guys. Uh, I have with me the one and only Patrick Young, the Florida Gator legend. I also have Terrence Oglesby, who is going to decide to slum it with us tonight on the, uh, the Field of 68 After Dark. My name is Rob Doster. Fun show. On the way today, we're talking Kentucky. We're talking Tennessee. Patrick is going to put me in my place, I guess, because of an opinion that I have about Florida. I don't know. I'm ready for that. I'm juiced up. We got a lot to get to, man. The SEC is a loaded conference, not just in football. Before we break everything down, I just I want to ask you guys this. I'm going to put you on a spot. I want to know your overarching view. Give me a give me a top down. 35,000 feet opinion on on what you see with this conference this year. Any hot takes, any hot opinions? Let's start it off with UPY. First time on After Dark, I'm fired up, man. You better bring the heat. Yeah, first off, I'm thankful uh, to be here for the opportunity. Uh, and, then, you know, I want to dive right into it. I'm coming at you from left field. I was going through the almanac, and I'm like, even Coach Lamont Paris believes that he's got a very steep, hill to climb this year and you did not have you know someone's got to be last in the league and no disrespect but they don't have a single player returning that average more than five points yes they have the guy coming in from the citadel but and he averaged 18 points a game but it's the citadel gg jackson he's a big he can score he can create it uh watch a little bit of his highlights and i'm just like rob look i love lamont it took him a while to create what he did in chattanooga but this is going like it possibly be a year that they go over in in the sec i'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> coming out swinging man coming hey, out look, swinging. we have we have a, a clemson grad on this show so i promise you that there uh there, there's no one on this broadcast right now is necessarily going to hate that take are we to y'all no i i don't hate it especially you know gg's good but i think he's a piece right i think he's, he's a, a piece. piece uh the, the overarching theme i think for for the sec is man is it athletic yeah. I think it's far and away the most athletic conference in the country. And and I think one of the storylines for this league uh, coming in, the SEC has now become the stomping grounds for the freshmen. And it used to be the ACC. It used to be some Big 12 action going to Texas and going to Kansas. Now it's the SEC because what was it, seven or eight years ago, Pat, the SEC decided, hey, we're going to start pouring money into basketball now. 
Finally, we're gonna right? we're gonna make that a big time em- emphasis. So now you look at some of where the investments have been made. Tennessee hires Rick Barnes. Arkansas goes to Musselman. Like there's being there's money being thrown around in order to get coaches in place, in order to pay for facilities. And now the freshmen, you're starting to see the direct result of those things with getting all these highly touted freshmen. And man, is it athletic? It's young, so it might take a little time to get going. But far and away, the most athletic league in the country. And one of the youngest leagues in the country from a talent perspective, if you look team by team, a lot of those top 25, top 30 kids are going to the SEC. Yeah, some of those uh, those young players, those young guys, we're going to get into that. I think Arkansas specifically is probably a team that's going to have a lot of that going on. Um, I think Kentucky is a team uh, that we usually have that conversation about, right? But to me, this year, they are about as old as it gets in college basketball, not just because they have the big fella, Oscar Sheway, coming back. Um, T.O., I'm going to you first on this one. All right, Kentucky. they got to be the favorite to win the SEC, right? Are they a favorite to win a national title? Just how good do you see this team being? For the record, Oscar Sheway, the first reigning player of the year to come back since Tyler Hansborough, 2008-2009 season. Yeah, I played against that Tyler Hansborough. He was pretty good. And that, that team uh, w- was really tough to stop, not just because of him, but because of Wayne Ellington, Ty, and all those guys. I digress. I moved back to Kentucky. Now you look at Oscar Sheboy. He is a manimal on the boards. Almost as good a rebounder as Patrick. Like I'm just, that, that's, that's high praise. So let's talk about that real quick. Almost as good a rebounder as him. But you also bring back Severe Wheeler, who led the SEC in assists and was top five in the nation, getting the ball around. Does he have limitations? Sure, he's 5'7 and can't throw it in the ocean. At least he couldn't last year. He might be able to do it this year. But I look at this squad going forward. They, they add that freshman class that Calipari has done so well with. He's always getting these five-star guys. He's bringing them in. But now you're mixing in some older vets. C.J. Frederick's going to be a big piece. You're going to add some more floor spacing. It's going to be good for somebody like Severe. And then you also get Antonio Reeves, who was a big-time scorer at Illinois State. Like you're going to, he's going to be able to operate in more space. He's a really good passer. He finds ways to finish, but last year it was a little bit too congested. And I felt like him and Ty Ty Washington kind of need both needed the ball to be effective. Ty Ty did well. I get that, but he was at his best as a pick and roll ball handler this season. The additions of CJ Frederick is going to make Oscar that much better. Antonio Reeves is going to make Oscar that much better. And I think the biggest beneficiary is going to be severe Wheeler. I don't see why they're not the favorites, but in my opinion, guys, there's three teams at the top. And one of those three teams uh, is younger than everybody else. So you're going to see their best ball later, but I feel like we're in an upside down universe. You look at Kentucky, you look at Tennessee. Those are like the oldest teams in the league. Like you could have told me that five years ago, Pat. Well, I, I certainly have to agree with you coming into this up this next season. Yes, it's an older Kentucky team. Last year's Kentucky team was the oldest coach Khaled ever uh, had in his tenure at Kentucky coming off their nine and 16 season. It's still so strange to think about that. We're looking at a team that uh, for coach Khaled's been seven years since his last final four appearance. And we, we know um, it's hard to make it that far anyway, but obviously we're all going to look on paper and say, yeah, Kentucky can make the final four uh, that I had high expectations last year uh, of a, a high number of teams in the SEC making it to the lead eight and Kentucky making it to the final four last year with one of the best teams that I had seen them play with. But as we know, when tournament time comes, anything can happen, but you're looking at a Kentucky team that is returning. They, I think uh, if I read this correctly, 20 made threes from every returner last year. So being able to knock down the three-point ball is going to help them obviously spread the floor. 
I really like that Casey Wallace can play off the ball. Um, he does a great job coming off screens, even on the ball. He has an awesome floater and pull-up jump shot going to his right. Uh, the fact that this is a team that shoots so many two-point shots, obviously that is a key for Oscar Shibway to just clean up a lot of boards. But the dark horse for this team, obviously, I, I Xavier Wheeler uh, is – I wish I had a point guard like that when I was playing. That was just looking to give – to feed me the ball every time. But Jacob Toppin. Um, I think he's going to make a huge jump this year and be a dark horse X factor for this Kentucky team. Um, but, you know, the, the report came out uh, re recently, Coach Cal is saying, hey, it's going to take some time for this team to mesh. Let's just enjoy the ride. Winning takes a full commitment of everybody and for it to, you know, if they can stay healthy, if everyone can stay healthy. Uh, obviously, if Oscar is not on the floor for foul trouble or whatever reason, the th dynamic of this team changes. But I mean, no one, when Oscar was on the floor last year, no one could stop him, and I can't see anyone stopping him this year either. Don't mind me, guys. I'm just going to text Scotty Wilbekin right now and say that Patrick Young didn't think you were a good enough <laughs> Hey, Scotty wasn't passing it. Let's let's not be naive let's now. Let's be real, man. Like, Scotty wasn't passing it. He was a good player. Scotty wasn't passing it. He's still not passing it. Is he in Turkey? He's got to be he's, in Turkey somewhere. Yeah, he, he's, he's in not Turkey passing now. it now either. Yeah, he's in Fenerbahce. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, uh, he's killing it out there. So you know what I like about this team, guys, and, and, and I want to get your opinion on this first, Tio, then P.Y., we can go to you. The, the, I love the way that it's built in the sense that you have a you have a point guard that is clearly a point guard. You have a five-man that is clearly a five-man. And then it seems like Coach Cal is kind of leaning into this idea of getting multiple different wings out there, guys that are switchable, guys that can be fours, can also be twos, can also space the floor. One of the knocks, I think, that I've had on him is he kind of plays like this old-school style where – uh, he tends to lean into having a couple big men on the floor. Um, and it feels like this is a little bit of a more modern team. I mean, you look at Chris Livingston, you look at Jacob Toppin, even case Wallace, like I know he's a guard, but like that dude's tough. That dude's going to get he's out there tough. and defend. So I, I, it feels like, you know, this is a team that's built more in a, uh, in a modern sense, if that makes sense. Yeah, it absolutely makes sense. But you even look at those forwards that you reference, uh, Jacob Toppin, if he can take a step, I mean, that would be huge. I'm a big fan of Damian Collins. Like I, I think he is going to take a step this year. Super athletic. I think he weighed like a buck sixty-five at six ten last year. Like it yeah, was, was an issue. Say, I hope he gained some weight. Please gain some weight. Yeah, I wish I, I had mean, that. It, it was an issue like <laughs> last year. But if if he makes strides in that area, like he could be a really good player. And then Chris Livingston, guys, like he was a big time shooter at Oak Hill. Now that wasn't necessarily his mo when he was playing AAU. Of course, he was playing on this we all can go team that didn't really care about winning all that much. That being said, he was a good shooter at Oak Hill. Uh, the, the the funny thing about the dribble drive offense, and I was at, I, I humble brag here, I went to Serbia to watch a coaching clinic where Calipari was at, and a lot of those things. That, you know how many times I've heard this story, Py? Which one? Me? <laughs> it's the first I don't time tell you for everything. Me. First time for me. <laughs> hey, look, I, I don't tell you everything, Rob. I don't tell you everything. But if you look at what they're trying to do, really, what makes the most sense is having a four man that could put it on the floor a little bit. And him kind of getting to that idea with Livingston, he can do it. He's a big body guy, six seven, six eight, but he's got really broad shoulders, so he's going to be able to play some four for you. Damian Collins has that ability. Jacob Toppin has shown that when he's playing well, he has that ability. So there should be more room on the floor with guys that mm -hmm. can put it on and attack a closeout because that's all they're trying to do anyway. Him adapting to those things and having some four men who can step out and obviously use the dribble to get to the paint, I think, is huge as well. Patrick, I want to hit you with this, actually. So 
you've you've experienced both being the five-star highly touted McDonald's All-American coming in. You were also the guy that was the senior on a team that won a lot of basketball games. I think you were what 36 and, and three your senior year, something like that, made it to a something final like four. That. So what what kind of with Kason coming in and with Livingston coming in, you have two guys that are gonna have a certain level of expectation when it comes to shots, minutes, touches, points they should get. But on this team, they're very much going to be asked to maybe say just playing a role is too strong, but they're not coming in to be the guy because they're joining a team that has the guy in all of college basketball and Big Sheep, who, by the way, we're going to get to in an interview uh, with Jeff Gumman here in about three minutes. Yeah, no, it's it's very interesting. Uh, coming in, I think with any instance for a freshman coming in, there is a bit of a wow factor because this is the first time you're going to experience some real scouting where teams are taking away your weaknesses, those things that are going to be exposed, uh, playing against physical bodies that know the game and know the ins and outs of how to, what to take away from you, how to you know, create advantages and disadvantages. But, you know, I think Coach Cal has done such a fantastic job of just ingraining this mindset of team and winning because when the team does well, everyone is doing well. Um, I don't think Coach Cal, you know, probably the only time he's had to deal with selfish guys was that 9-16 and 16 year where, uh, you could kind of see that guys just weren't bought in to the system. Um, but I think obviously – but you look at Oscar, you look at Savir, you look at Jacob, and these are – they're just such guys to like – you listen to them in an interview, you're like, man, who who doesn't want to be a good teammate to this guy? Because, you know, one, they're working their, their butts off. Uh, they want to win, and they're doing all the right things. And uh, it, it just would be hard for me unless somebody is just so caught. But, you know, I don't think Coach Cal is bringing in – uh, after that nine and 16 nightmare that I'm not going to stop repeating because obviously for uh, whatever reason, um, just having, having guys that are bought into the system, uh, you know, that can come and get to figure that out right away with the, the madness of the transfer portal, but it's going to take time um, for these freshmen. But I love Casey Wallace. He's so aggressive, especially on the defensive defense travels. Like he, the way he moves his feet, he's going to guard the best player on the opposing team night in and night out. And he's going to be, I can see him being first team all defense. If I don't know, are we still doing first team all, all defense? Yeah, but anymore? the SEC is like 16 guys they put on that first Yeah, I know. Team. It's a freaking right. participation <laughs> right. trophy to get on all conference teams in your conference, Pat. Like, you actually what you make a really good point, somebody? though. <laughs> Tell Sankey they they ain't all that good. Like all, all right. of them ain't that good. Like somebody calls Sankey, get a hold of him. He's changing everything <laughs> up. He needs to change his all teams back. Like what yeah, are we you doing? know what? Stop worrying about expanding the NCAA tournament. How about you shrink your all conference teams in the SEC, please? Yeah, Just everybody do don't Maybe get a trophy. It's cutthroat yeah. for a reason. It's cutthroat for a reason. That's exactly, right. man. See, you get it. Um, you actually made a good point on Sheway there, Patrick. One that I don't think people recognize enough. When you're when you're star is willing to do the dirty work. And, and when you're star, when you're superstar, when you're the guy that gets all of the NIL money, the biggest name, the reigning player of the year, when he's the guy that's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to be down there. I'm going to get a bunch of rebounds. I'm going to get in the way. I'm going to block some shots. That kind of sets a tone for the team where the the, the little things are going to win. You don't have to get shots to matter, right? And I think people, uh, people on the roster seeing that level of sacrifice, um, it, it helps rebuild the chemistry and the culture that, that this Kentucky team had you know in the in the mid 2000s and kind of or the mid 2010s and maybe kind of lost in a couple of years recently so i think that that matters and look Shibway, one of the best kids that you are going to 
to yeah. run into. Even if you are a Louisville fan, I think you find it very hard to hate this kid as a person. You don't have to like him when he's got that 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 blue on, but you'll find it very difficult to dislike this kid as a person. So let's get into that interview. Jeff Goodman, Oscar Shibway. Let's drop it now. All right, now pleased to uh, be joined by none other than Oscar Shibway, uh, the National Player of the Year in every category. And the guy I fell in love with, I will tell you that last year when I came out to Lexington, Oscar, and, mm-hmm. and talked to you and spent some time with you, um, I, I really did fall in love with you because you didn't stop smiling. That was the big thing for me is you you never stop smiling, and, and that's it's an awesome trait. But I, I know you had a recent knee procedure. How are you yes, feeling sir. after that, first of all? I feel good. Uh, there was nothing really needed. I could play with it as I needed to. Uh, the coach, you say, because there was something they got just clean. I was just clean up because it was losing body up there. Coach, you say, just let it clean up, Oscar. We don't need you to go in pain and swelling. But I'm good. I told coach, I don't even feel that much pain. So let me just keep him pushing. The only thing he pushed us to go get that knee procedure was that swelling. Because coach, you did not want me to be pushing with swelling, but I'm feeling great. I'm he, out of practice. He probably just wanted you to take some days off from practice. Probably, <laughs> probably the only way he could do it. Because in practice, I was killing everybody. Nobody could not stop me in practice. So it's, maybe do you, you remember right. la- last year. Hey, do you remember last year? I think I asked you that, and you said nobody else gets any rebounds in practice. Absolutely, absolutely. So you led the country in rebounding, which you told me you were going to do last year. And I wasn't sure. I kind of walked away saying, maybe, but but let's see. You did it. You didn't just lead the country in rebounds. You also averaged 17 and a half points a game. You Again, you won every single National Player of the Year award. So the big question that everybody's asked you is, why are you back in college? Why are you back? Uh, that is that is a good question. So I'm I'm a, I'm at the type of person I don't really uh, do what I think is good for me. I always ask a guide instruction, and I always listen to many people advice, and I bring others advice to guide to see what God is saying. I went up in mountains. There's one mountains up in Kentucky. So before I make my decision, I went to spend the time fasting and pray, like I wanted to hear from God. One thing God told me. Um, I'm not done with you in college basketball because you want me to be like, to, not just to be the head of college basketball, but to inspire many people to get to know who God is and to know that with God, you can do more than even you can imagine. Like I came to Kentucky and never had a dream to become a national player of the year, but I had a dream to become a national leading rebounder and I did. That's what I say. So God is not done with me. Many people say, why can you do more than what you just did? I say the only limits you have in your life is what you place in front of you. But in life, there's not a limit. I can do beyond what I would accomplish. If you can just push harder, I can do more. So. How much, Oscar, did, did St. Peter's lead also to you coming back? And how... How much is that that taste in your mouth still, that bad taste in your mouth from that loss? It's too bad. The same, the one is the reason why it make me come back too, because I did not want to end my college career beating my school. That's everybody going to say, this is how you end the career. No, I said, no, 
I'm going back. That make me focused. Now they make me know that it don't matter who you're going against. Anybody can beat you. Yeah. Anybody can put you down. You just gotta lock in, stay focused. Like even right now, I tell my teammates, I tell coach, first of all, I start with coach. Coach, if you really, really want to accomplish something great this year, you have to play people who to help us to win a championship, to win the games. Even me, coach, if I don't help you, I get the point and start becoming selfish. Take me out because I don't care about the team. I want you to play people who to help us to win. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are back. That was Oscar Sheboy with our uh, our in- insider. I'm doing air quotes. Insider, uh, Jeff Goodman. So Kentucky, I think we all agree, is going to, at the very minimum, be one of the favorites. The other team that I think belongs at the very top in that conversation, to you. we talked about this a little bit earlier today on the DTF podcast, Tennessee. Great guards. They have a lot of guys that can really defend. They have a big guy in Oliver uh, Olivier Kamwa that can stretch the floor, and they also have a big guy in Euros Plavsic that can just take up space. They have, I think, everything that you want out of a team, and we just saw them handle. I think they gave Gonzaga thirty, right? They put a thirty piece on them in that uh, that exhibition. So, Tia, what makes your Tennessee balls? And yes, I'm saying your Tennessee balls because you sang good old Rocky Top uh, to us earlier today. What makes them so good and so underrated this season? All right, so back up to, to the point why I was singing Rocky Top. That was part of my curriculum in elementary school, Patrick, because I grew up <laughs> in Tennessee. So we had to learn the words to Rocky Top. So let me just half bear the other half cat, all that stuff. Had to learn it. Had to learn it or you got to be in music. You got to be in music. Can't have that. Uh, this Tennessee team's got a lot of talent. There's a lot of pieces there. Like you look at you look at position by position, Zakai Ziegler. Barnes has always been great with small guards. You look, look, you look at throughout his coaching career. Back at Clemson, he had Terrell McIntyre, who some people don't know who that is. He's a European legend, so I know Pat knows who he is. Uh, you look at their two positions. Santiago Vescovi hit 111 three, or had 111 assists, over 100 threes. Only the second Tennessee Volunteer to have more than 100 threes. First one was Chris Lofton. He was pretty good while he was there. Uh, then you look at Julian Phillips, super talented, six eight, six nine, real rangy, could do a lot of different things positionally. And I think the guy who could step up and have a huge year for this volunteer team, Olivier Kamwa. Uh, did I pronounce that right? Mm-hmm. Olivier yes, Kamwa. This guy is talented. And I think he was held back a little bit last season because I think Rick Barnes trusted John Fulkerson so much. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I also think that 
Kamwa is a lot more talented. He can stretch the floor out. He can make some more decisions. He's a little bit more athletic. Now, is he the decision maker that Fulkerson was? Probably not. But at the same time, you just add more pieces to that puzzle. And guys, there's just more and more. Josiah Jordan James, JJJ, defender, multi-positional, jack-of-all-trades kind of guy. He does a lot of good things for your team. The pieces are there, and now they have a bucket off the bench. Tyreek Key sat out last year, had an injury, comes back home. He's from Salina, Tennessee. He never averaged less than 14 points a game. I think he averaged 18 the last year that he played at Indiana State. Comes in and was terrific against Gonzaga and shows right out of the gate that, hey, man, I could score. I'm a professional scorer somewhere. I'm not sure where, but somewhere that dude's going to get paid to get buckets. There is depth on this team. Their size, they're tough as ever because Rick Barnes makes them that way. Tennessee, and they're old. So throw in that, and then you have the elite talent with Julian Phillips. It's a good team, and they're old. They know how to play. They've been together. Uh, There's no reason why they can't win it. It's just there's a couple other teams in the way. Say it, Gator. Say it, Gator. I almost came through the screen and smacked you when you're talking about John Fulkerson. And look, I love Folky. I like him a lot. I love but Folky. I thought I thought he he hurt the team. And it, it was public knowledge. Coach Barnes challenged him multiple times last year because I'm like, dude, you're fifth year, sixth year guy that's been in, in this program. There's no reason you should put up a goose egg on rebounds and points and effectiveness. And it was just driving me crazy because I've been a guy that's been in a system for a long time but the only question mark I'll have uh in regards to this Tennessee team which I love a lot I Zakai Ziegler at one point in the season last year was the best player on the floor uh with his ability to take care of the ball and knock down the three his toughness at his size I hope that this team can be as good defensively as it was last year you look at them in the SEC tournament they smothered everyone it was it wasn't even a game and you just hope you know you know, a lesson that I had to learn after uh, my junior year going into my senior year, we had one of the best defenses in the country. But you have to understand, just because you did something the year before doesn't mean it's just automatically automatically going to happen. But I trust so much in Rick Barnes and, and what he's built. Uh, he's a winner. Obviously, the questions come to uh, in tournament play. Uh, they ran into a tough Michigan team last year. I, I was heartbroken. I'm a big fan of Kennedy, uh, Kennedy Chandler. Uh, it, it was tough for me to see them lose because I, I just was so high on that Tennessee team last year with how well they uh, were playing together. But Santiago Vescovi, they were, he was he was neutralized in that Michigan game. Uh, they didn't have Olivier Kama. Hopefully he's coming back fully healthy coming into this season. I love the side Jordan James. He really started coming into himself at the end of last season, uh, his ability to stretch the floor. Uh, Julian Phillips, and hey, I, I'm, I'm saying it because I watched – I watched some highlights. He's got a pretty jump shot that looks a little bit like Jabari's. I'm not going to lie to you. His jump shot looks really good. I'm not saying he's to that level of Jamari Smith, but his jump shot uh, looks pure, something I, I can only attest to uh, witnessing. I've never <laughs> done it myself, had a pure jump shot. Uh, but Tennessee, they're a team that can do it, and I think it's going to come from their defense. They're going to shoot a lot of threes. Hoping that Plavsic makes a makes a jump. I like him a lot. The the tough guy. Uh, but yeah, this is a, another really good Rick Martin's Tennessee squad. I don't know if they have enough to beat Kentucky on the road or neutral side, but uh, the way that they handed that big fat L to them at home last year, sheesh. Are you guys worried about them on the offensive end? Because if there's one thing, if you kind of look through the starting lineup that they have, 
I don't know if I fully trust Sakai as a scorer. I don't know if I'm on the bandwagon to saying that JJJ is is what you need out of an offensive weapon um, at this point. Julian's a freshman. Freshman stepping into the SEC is never going to be an easy thing to do. Uh, I think Tyreek uh, coming off the bench, Tyreek Key coming off the bench is is the kind of offense that you need. And the idea of this team kind of going five out and spacing the floor is appealing to me. But I can see a world where they struggle to get buckets. Are either of you guys worried about that this season? Oh, they've gone cold. They went cold a few times last year. Uh, you know, it's going to happen. It's going to happen to every team. That's just how seasons go. You're going to have a few games. But overall, I think what they – how they – the energy that they bring on the defensive end, especially uh, with the veteran leadership that you have of Santiago Vescovi and JoJo James, I don't think it's going to be difficult for this team to to stay in the in the high 60s, 70s uh, throughout the season. They shouldn't have too many issues scoring the ball. Uh, I, I like the fact that Julian Phillips uh, is a guy that comes off screens. Uh, it can't be that kind of guy at, at six foot eight. But you know, even if they, they, you know, their offense doesn't travel, their defense certainly does. With with how they turned it up last year, that second half of the season, um, if they could have had it at the beginning of the year, I think they could have won the whole thing, uh, the SEC at, at least. To's been hyping up Julian Phillips so much. I coach. I coached him. I coached him, and I I know what all he could do. Like. He so, you know, when you're playing a video game and you're like, I don't know how in the world I made that shot. It just happened. Yes. That's how Ju- that's how Julian Phil- yeah. Phillips finishes around the rim. It's like, I don't know how I did it. I don't know that I can practice <laughs> it or ever do it again, but I just find ways to do it. Like he's unreal when it comes to some of those things. Hey, keep in mind, too, this Tennessee team shot 36.8% from three last year. And that included that atrocious game at Madison Square Garden that we all got it, to witness. One so like, for 40. Or something uh, like that. I, I can't remember what. Who, they we don't play? need to talk about that, man. I get PTSD just thinking about it. Who was it? Texas Tech yeah. and Tennessee. It was yeah, brutal. 39-39 at the end of regulation. Never yeah, brutal game. game. Brutal game. That all being said, uh, shot making is contagious. And the fact that Tyreek Key is going to come off the bench and he could kind of be that spark plug that when things aren't going so well, he can produce a shot, right? And I'm sitting here looking at this Tennessee team and their depth. Zakai Ziegler's uh, Vescovy start at the one and two. Zakai comes off the floor, slide Vescovy to the one. Then you got Tyreek Key at the four and the five position. You have Euros Plavsic and you have Jonas Adu coming up. Who, by the way, Adu is really talented. He doesn't play hard all the time. It's been an issue for Barnes, but he comes right in against Gonzaga, hits a trail three, and he's capable of that too. Like these guys have a lot of bodies. They're tough. They're physical. And Jemima Shaq, he showed a little thing. He showed a few things against Gonzaga as well. Just kind of an extra guy that can guard and do a different, throw a different wrinkle at you. I I love that they're deep. They're good. And then they can throw lineup versatility at you as well. I think that's a big piece. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to pause it there because uh, we do have a bold prediction section later on. And I think that uh, Tennessee is going to be involved in some of those bold predictions. All right. Uh, real quick, couple programming notes. If you uh, still have not bought the, the almanac, you can get it for 1999. There is a link in the description below of both the YouTube channel um, and on the, uh, the podcast feeds, you can find it there. Um, you can also subscribe to the daily, the field of 68 daily. It is our newsletter. It comes out as you might've guessed daily every morning, 8 30 AM. So you can read and catch up on all of the happenings in college basketball as you are drinking your morning coffee. Again, that link is in the description below. All right. For my money, Arkansas, or I'm sorry, uh, Tennessee and Kentucky are kind of in a, a top tier. You can put them whenever order you want. I would probably have Kentucky above Tennessee slightly, uh, but I think that they are the top tier to me. The next tier is Arkansas. 
Alabama, and I think you might be able to squeeze Auburn up into there. We can kind of have a conversation about that. So I want to know out of that that trio, those three teams, Patrick, I'll go to you first on this one. Who do you trust the most of those three teams? Well, I, I, I was thinking about this, and the reason I chose this team is because I'm, uh, I'm looking at the coach. I'm looking at Eric Musselman over at Arkansas, and I think about this. The team last year lost to Hofstra, started out 0-3 in the SEC, just didn't look like it was going to be something. Then they go on to win nine straight. should have been 10 straight. Uh, they were playing Alabama, and they just uh, couldn't make a shot. J.D. notes they got in foul trouble. I love this group of freshmen coming in. This group, this the, the five-star freshmen looking at uh, Nick Smith, Anthony Black, and Jordan Walsh. And I think Jordan Walsh, is, he's not getting spoken about as much. He's a dog. I mean, the oh. kid, he's six foot seven, dog. with a seven foot three wingspan. The way that he defends, like, you think you got space and you don't. He's one of those kind of guys that and, he has and great, Musk great loves those dudes that like yeah. long and athletic. You could plug in at the four and they just want to go out there and defend and rebound and just yeah. be athletic. And that's what he wants. That's how he plays too. Like he he understands who he is, which makes him so dangerous. He's he's gosh, I, I love just the way that he uh he gets to the rim, really long steps. But Nick Smith, um, as as we know, he's there's not a bad word. People are saying about him, I guess the only question is how, how well is he going to finish at the rim, uh, adjusting to SEC play with larger bigs protecting the rim. But he's got it on all three levels. I like that he, you know, looking at J.D. Note that they had last year, a little ball heavy, uh, you know, needed to have the ball in his hands a lot. Nick Smith can be off the ball um, to get his shots to help this team. The question mark, though, I guess you would say looking at this Arkansas team, um, because a lot of the games that they won last year didn't come down to offense. You know, uh, it came down to their D. They're just straight up toughness. Sometimes they were not the better, the more talented team. But you could see, like when I, I was there, when Florida played Arkansas, at, at, in, or Arkansas played Florida in Arkansas in uh, Florida last year. Uh, Arkansas just showed a level of toughness that hey, doesn't matter that we're not making shots, we're going to get the rebound and we're going to score every time. And that's what this tough Arkansas team is going to do. And it re- it's a direct reflection of the coach that. Uh, Coach Eric Musselman is. He's done a fantastic job. To see him doing it with 11 new players, though, that's going to be something. And um, let's not forget about Devo Davis uh, mm-hmm. as well into this lineup. I think he's going to make another jump and be a solid player contributor. He knows the system really well, and he's going to bring some leadership. So I, I absolutely trust them the most out of those three. Yeah. So my my take on Arkansas, T.O., tell me what you think about this. I think that we are going to see them get off to a slow start. We've seen it uh, last couple of seasons with must teams when he adds all of these new transfers coming in, right? Takes them a little while to gel. There are some bumps in the road in December, maybe even early January. And then they figure it out. He gets that rotation cut down to like six or seven guys and they go on these runs and they just start winning and winning and winning. I think it was with, uh, who was the transfer from, um, from Indiana? They had Justin Smith. They moved Justin Smith to the five uh, in 2020, 21. And that's when they made their run. They moved Devo Davis to sixth man last season. That's when they made their run. So how how concerned are you when you consider that they have – Is that a take or is that just what happened? No, that's what happened. So here's here's my question. Okay. How concerned are you about the fact that you – we've seen teams that are freshman loaded – Take take some lumps early on in the season. I think we're going to see with Duke this season. So, like, how how concerned are you about that? Not much. I mean, they're going to – they just got thumped by Texas by, what, 35? 
Like it's going to, it's a process. And not only that, we were talking about who we should trust over the course of the year. I like this Arkansas team a lot. I like all those freshmen. I like Nick Smith. I think Jordan Walsh is awesome. Pat, you would love, did you, did you have a chance to see him in person? I have not. He he, is your kind of guy. I mean, the ultimate talker, the ultimate competitor. He's calling everybody out. Well, he's looking at a coach. He's looking at him directly in the eye. Like this (laughs) dude is bringing heat the entire time, even in timeouts. Like he's your kind of guy. They have talent everywhere. Anthony Black doesn't get enough credit either. I haven't seen a whole lot of him. I saw him dunk over somebody on top of somebody. Like they have talent. It is going to take a second. And we didn't even mention uh, Trayvon Brazil. Oh, I was about to bring him up. Yeah. By the way, I'm going to throw this out there. I thought he could be Missouri's most talented player. I, I predicted that just after watching some grainy high school footage. I don't even think he played AAU ball, but it was like, man, this kid has tools. Now he's starting to put them together. And Musselman loves that guy. They have a lot of pieces. Am I worried about the early season and early conference? Yes, I am. But I think by time tournament time comes around and SEC play, SEC tournament time comes around, they're going to be somebody to be reckoned with. Again, what is it, two elite eights in a row? Arkansas yep. can make the final four because not only is he going to figure it out as the season goes on, but that talent is bigger. That talent is better. And by the time March happens, that talent's going to be ready and they're going to be a lot to deal with uh, throughout the season. Do I pick them to be above, say, in Alabama for the regular season? I would probably say no, because I think Alabama will be have the ability to be a little bit more consistent, especially during the early portions of conference play in early January. Right. It might take a little time to get those guys going. So. Last year was not. Well, let's 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 talk about Alabama because that's a perfect segue. Um, Patrick, you kind of brought this up a little bit. I can't remember where it was either the pre-show or we were texting about it or something. Yeah. Um, so Brandon Miller is a guy I'm all in on as a really, really good player. My concern, and I think it's something that you mentioned, is that he's kind of like a mid-range guy, right? Whereas when you look at the best team that Nate Oates had when he was at Alabama, it was when Herb Jones who was, I mean, he wasn't really a shooter, but he was a guy that can make an open shot, but he was a point guard that was playing defense as a power forward in the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. So my question to you is this. Three guards, Brandon Miller with Charles Bediaka, like, is that going to work? How do you see this all coming together for Nate Oates? Oh, man. Well, last year, let's just hope that was a blur of the, as I said, T.O., it was nauseating. Covering, you, you didn't know who you were going to get, and there was a hope that, Alabama finally figured out coming into the tournament, but obviously they got knocked out in the first round. Um, if Javon Quinterly is, you know, he had a late ACL tear at the end of the season last year. I really like his game, um, but his game is is uh, keyed in on him getting to the basket, um, keyed in on him uh, just playing fast. So I, I he dribbles too damn here. much, Pat. He does dribble a lot. He does dribble the ball a lot, uh, but he, he doesn't shoot it as much as Jaden Shackelford did. Goodness gracious. Uh, I love Brandon Miller. I saw him. I think he's an NBA player right now um, with his ability to create space and get to his shot and his craftiness. I was like, I was blown away with how easy the game seemed to come to him. I just wonder, you know, with this offensive style that uh, NATO has, if his style of play is a little too slow, uh, a little, you know, the ball's not moving. If it gets to Brandon Miller saying, will he be able to show off what he can do? He's not super consistent from three, but a guy that can shoot the ball as as well as from the two-point line, why can't he do it from the three-point line? Is this the formula? It's a team that plays so fast. If they can take care of the ball, and I really like Mark Sears uh, with this Alabama team coming from the Mac from Ohio. I agree. Uh, I really like his game. I watched some some of his highlights. Uh, he he can shoot it, man. That's the big thing. Like that, that's, that's the, the big, big thing, thing with him. 
that's the big thing with the Alabama offense. You know, th- their best teams have been able to shoot the ball because they're shoot their volume shooting team. They're going to they're going to put up 43s. So they, are they going to be able to knock down 43s or not, not knock down 43s, but shoot a good percentage and take care of the ball? Turnovers killed this Alabama team um, last year. So uh, I'm really thinking Charles Bediaco is going to make a jump. Um, he he's the finisher around the basket, so he doesn't need the ball in his hands in the way that a lot of big bigs do uh, nowadays. The year of the big, as you uh, stated in the almanac, but um, I do like this Nama team. There's just a lot of question marks, as you'll see. Uh, each coach is going to need some time to f- figure out what works best with them. I just hope you know those midseason adjustments are going to be vital versus trying to stick guys into your system uh, that aren't built for it to make it work to win games. Yeah, Yeah, there's a lot of pieces there. The thing with Alabama and and what Nate Oates does so well is finds ways to get guys in the paint off the dribble and with speed. And if you look back to what Herb Jones was doing, the reason they let him run the point is because he was attacking a four man because everybody figured, well, I got to match up with who's there. So what does that do? That takes the ball out of Quinterly's hands, make him attack closeouts. It gives him a little bit more space to operate. I like this team a lot for that reason, because I think they're going to find ways to get into the paint. And I like Mark Sears alongside Jaden Bradley. Jaden Bradley can play. and But he gives you that senior veteran presence, even though he's taking a step up. I feel like Nate's always played two, small, two smaller guards. And then look at how this talented roster is going to be able to come together. They've well, got other he, pieces. He, the, the best year that they had, part of the reason they won is because they were so good defensively. They, I was Jay, about to say, yeah. that was going to be yeah. my next thing. Like, yeah. last year, Alabama's team finished 92nd overall in defense. Like, that's not good enough. Because what if you're playing with that many possessions, you're going to have to stop some of them, too. Right. <laughs> so that, that makes it really difficult. I think this lineup – are, is going to be able to to swing some of those things. I'm telling you, Brandon Miller, you guys are right. He was more of a mid-range guy. Uh, I watched him play alongside Nick Smith at Peach Jam. His shot's not broken. I, I feel like it's going to be able to step out. He's going to be able to hit some, maybe in the mid-30s. But I think that would be good enough for this team if he it's can got, create it's some different It's the threat, things. man, right? It's the threat. It's, it's, the, threat. it's the fact that they make people come out to guard you. And I will say this about Brandon Miller, and then we're going to move on to Auburn. Uh, what Nate Oates told me on the record um, is, for the Almanac, he said, When your best player isn't begging for shots, begging for minutes, or begging for anything, this is what happens, referring to Herb Jones. And he said that Alabama – I'm sorry, that Brandon Miller is all in on Alabama the same way that Herb Jones was all in on Alabama. He only cares about winning, which is a good thing. All right. I was about to say the same thing about Sheboy. But but I got I got cut off because we had to get to his thing. Like yeah, well, your I mean, best gotta, players, your hardest this player. This isn't a Kentucky podcast. We got to talk about the whole SEC, to yo. Yeah, I'm sorry. We're I want to take we, an we extra thirty seconds before to. we get to Goodman's interview, his thirty oh, seventh yeah. interview of Oscar Sheboy. I'm glad we get that <laughs> content in. Sorry, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But when your best player is your hardest player, like your your hardest playing player, that's a good. That's good. Yes, that's good news. It, it sets a tone. All right. Sorry. Speaking Dustin. of your best player being your hardest playing player, can we talk a little bit about Katie John? Like how much do you love this dude at Auburn? And can you, here's, here's a bigger question. Can you win at the level that Auburn wants to be able to win? If your backcourt is Wendell green and Katie Johnson, T.O. I know you love him. What, what did you call him? Nightmare fuel. Katie Johnson runs on nightmare fuel. That's wow. what he runs on. I love this guy. Hey man, he, he picks up. Like full court. He's talking to everybody. He's cussing out Bruce. And then, like I was at, I was at Battle for Atlantis last year. He's looking over. He's cussing me out. I'm sitting on the sideline. I didn't even know what I was doing, but he was so ingrained in the game and bringing the intensity and the chaos. I love. 
here's the thing. This is where last year's Walker Kessler, Jabari Smith combination was arguably the best front court in the country. This is a watered down version this year. Janai Broom's a very good college player. Uh, he's a very good college player. He's not a Walker Kessler type defensive player. Uh, Johan Treor is a very, he's going to be a very good freshman. He's not a Jabari Smith level player. So you're going to have these same pieces. You're still going to have this same offense, but your front court's not going to be as good. And not to say they're not good. They're going to be good Auburn fans. So take it easy before you go crazy. I just don't think that they're going to be at that same level. And I think Jabari Smith bailed them out of a lot. Walker Kessler bailed them out defensively like crazy because KD and Wendell, they were out there gambling for steals. So what happens, they get passed, and then they still got to run into Walker. Is Trey mm-hmm. going to be that kind of defensive presence? Is Janai Broom going to be that defensive presence? That worries me a little they bit. Think, they think Broom is going to be. That's what, they, that's what they're kind of banking on. And I don't know if he necessarily will be because that's a little bit of a, a step the up. Defensive a, player of the year? Well, no, not – no one's going to be as good as Walker Kessler, right? Like that's just you can't compare anyone defensively to him because he was a freak. He had like eighty blocks in SEC. Yeah, play. he blocked was, everything. Like he's ridiculous. just not going to be. Like but they Jedi think Bruce, they think that he will be. Player. Yeah, they Sorry. think that he's going to be a good enough rim protector where you can kind of do the same. thing. Like, you're never going to be at the same level, but you can kind of do some of the same stuff. I'm going to give you guys a name though: Chance Westry. That dude, six six, good player, can play make okay. on the ball. Is a shooter like they're really excited about him. He's banged up. I I had it written down. I don't remember what it is. Is it an ankle, a foot? I think it's a foot. Um, but he like he missed some time in the preseason. So if he can get back healthy, he's going to be the guy, Patrick. That I think is an X factor. Speaking of well, X let me, factors, let me go give ahead. you a name, Alan Flanagan. I'm ready. I was about to go Alan Flanagan. Like, is he going to come back? Go ahead, Pat. Get him. Well, get him, well, Pat. Get him. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. I want I want uh, uh, Auburn fans to understand. Yes, Alan Flanagan wasn't the same as he was making that huge jump from three points a game his freshman year to sixteen his sophomore year. He tore his Achilles. That is a mm-hmm. sometimes a career ender. So the fact that he was out there, he, he a great teammate, great guy. I got a chance to know him a little bit. Uh, know he's had some issues uh, within it, personal issues. I would say. Uh, coming into the season that he may not be playing as much, or I don't know what the case would be. But Alan Flanagan, when he was good, when he was, oh my goodness, he was he was unconscious. Like uh, borderline pro, down. like borderline early second pro. round pick. Good. Yes. Sometimes yeah. it takes a year of playing to get back from an Achilles. Like I played yeah. with a guy at Clemson, his name was James Mays, and he was right on the cusp of getting call-ups. And he tore his Achilles. And that following year, like he wasn't very good. And then he ended up getting back to form and then having a great 10-year career in Asia. 
Like wow. it just sometimes like that takes a while that Achilles injury. Like it takes a year to kind of get back on track a little bit. Yeah. They need him because if they, he comes back and chance Westry is what they expect him to be. All of a sudden you can go from a team that plays two guards that are six foot and under to being a team that has two guys up front that are six ten and long and two wings that can be six, six and athletic. Yeah. So that's a, that's a difference maker. All right. Uh, the next tier of teams here to me, it's going to be Florida, Ole Miss, Texas. State. Like, is there a sleeper in this next group of teams? Patrick, you know, I'm going to you first on this one. You know how I feel about your Gators this year. Tio knows how I feel about your Gators this year. So, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you the floor, baby. It's your world. Let me know about those Gators. I was, it's so hard. It's so hard. I was, uh, another one of those that I'm just like, hmm, who do I really? believe has a chance because uh, now look at i look at most um experts yourself rob's polls when uh looking at the sec and no one has florida above about six or seven right around there but we have to consider colin castleton averaged uh 16 and 9 last year was injured um they're bringing in an awesome player in kyle lofton um i've been close to the team um this this freshman riley kugel from Dr. Phillips. He's a winner. I, I tried to tell you about him, T.O. I yes. tried to tell you about him today. Listen, they listen, like him. They're, they're telling me this this kid's got something, got that. I guess if you can compare him a little bit of Keontae Johnson uh, when before he had his his, his injuries. Uh, but, you know, I can't discount Texas A&M either. Uh, but Coach Williams, like, he he's created – I was surprised to see Hassan Diara leave uh, just with the relationship that Buzz and, and him had. Um Nobody like, was happier for Hassan Diara to leave than 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 Rob. Like, really? Because he's going to these beloved UConn. Yeah, I'm a UConn fan, and he, and he ended up at UConn, and he's going to be Hugh, a, uh, a yeah. very nice addition for my Huskies. Hugh, Hugh Jackson was a stud last year. Absolutely fun to watch. I like Tyrese Radford. Um, I do like this this uh, Texas A&M team as well. They, they, really, they guarded so well last year. Um, I know a lot of people were upset with them not making the tournament, but you got – you have you start zero and eight, you lose a game you should have won against Kentucky. Uh, I'm torn. I I can see Texas A&M and Florida. I'm not going to give you one answer because uh, I just don't want to do me that. Me too. That's very to That's I'm very on brand for the field of sixteen after dark. I think both of them can make the, can make the tournament. Uh, can make some noise. Win some win some games at home. Win some on the road. Um, really interested to see interested to see Ty Golden's offense. Can't wait to hear you uh, dive in on that, Rob. So here's here's my pitch on um, on why I think Florida has very real like top twenty nationally, top fifteen nationally potential. Great point guard, Kyle Lofton, veteran, fifth year senior. Great center, Colin Caston, fifth year senior, veteran, averaged sixteen and nine last year. Right. Then you got three guys at the wing spots in Kawasi Reeves, Will Richard, and Alex Fudge, who can all be like some form of that versatile, switchable, make shots guard different positions, switch one through four. You have everybody in that range is 6'3 to 6'9. You got depth. I think Myron Jones is going to be a better shooter than he was last year, closer to what he was at Penn State. C.J. Felder, athletic. I think he's going to be a really impact guy. Trey Bonham is going to be one of these, like, finds that the analytics nerds, Jonathan Sapphire, shout out to him. Someone's going to find him in the portal. Um, I really, really believe that Florida has a chance to be really, really good. Now, that's relying on two transfers and a, a sophomore that didn't really do anything until the last three games in the postseason to kind of take big steps forward. But I, I can see a world where that happens. T.O., I know you like Texas A&M. Mm. I know that you also like Ole Miss. Mm. Talk to me a little bit 
about the rebels. Talk to me a little bit about buzz. I'm, I'm in, Hey, PY I'm in, I'm in on the, I'm in on the rebels bandwagon. I think they're they got a chance. Rough and healthy. Yeah. I think they right. got a chance. Be good. You good to go. All right. I, so I got chance. Texas A&M fifth. I, I, I got them the, at the top of that uh, tier tier over Auburn. Yeah. Over good. Auburn. Over Auburn. So I, I have, uh, I, I think, if you look at Buzz Williams' track record, that fourth year is when his teams take a big step. Mm-hmm. And you saw them progress to that point towards the end of last season with how they finished out the year. Wade Taylor fourth is a dude. And he's always had these tough-minded point guards for his best teams. Junior Cadugan at Marquette, Justin Robertson at Virginia Tech. Tough dudes. Wade Taylor is the next tough dude. And then you have Tyrese Radford, who is probably the hardest-playing guy uh, one of the top five hardest playing guys in the country. He played the four at Virginia Tech before he transferred. He played the four at six two, a buck ninety five. Such he a Buzz four. Williams guy. Like exactly when you think right. of Buzz Williams that is my guys, point. like that you, is like my that point. is him. So Ooh. him, Henry Coleman, Duke transfer, has mm-hmm. the same physique as my man Py. Like big strong <laughs> dude, covers ball screens, <laughs> tough as nails. Like another guy that fits that mold. Like Andre Gordon. Better when he comes off the bench, still talented, can handle it, can shoot it a little bit. The fourth year for Buzz Williams when they're all good. Quick story. I was on staff at Clemson. We played Virginia Tech. We thumped them. Here's the thing that stood out to me when I watched a Buzz Williams coach team. We were beating them by 20. Game was almost over. They are still sprinting to spots defensively. They're down 20. There's 30 seconds to go. We're passing it back and forth across the top of the uh, at half court, and their guys are still dead sprinting to the helpline. They're getting thumped. It is still there. The culture is going to be there at College Station, and they're finally going to have something to cheer about after this god awful football team Good. is going to be able to get off the field. <laughs> what so go ahead and throw that on Texas A and M. Get ready for basketball season because Buzz is bringing it. After Big that, guy. I like Ole Miss. Kermit Davis put together a nice little squad now, boys. He does. They're he good. does. Py, can I? You want, it, you want me to give you the pitch there, Py? Here, here's here's give me what pitch. it is. Give me Day- pitch. Deshaun Ruffin going to be back. Going to be healthy. I don't know if it's going to be the first American season. But it, but but by the time SEC play comes around, right, he's going to be there. Matthew Morrell is going to be a stud. Like I think he's got a chance to be one of these like takes a leap into borderline All American conversation. I think there's wow. a non-zero chance he's first team All SEC. How many uh, honest question? And and think about this while I kind of go through this rant. How many guards are better than him? How many off guards are better than him in the SEC right now? Because the listing, it's not very long. Um, he was I a think streaky. he was a little streaky, but no, streak, when he yeah, was old, streaky, man, but but what is yeah, 46 percent over the last X amount of yeah. games or something mm-hmm. like that? Yeah, he was yeah, awesome. he was great down the stretch. Throw in a couple of these other like veteran wings they got, Ty Fagan. Um, who's the guy the, the guy you love off the bench, TO blanking on he's his not name. off the bench, he won't be off the bench this year. But James White's a dude. Yeah, he's a dude. He got stuck behind Jarkel Joyner. Then you're gonna add some length. Jarkel transfers to uh NC State. James White comes in six five six six can create off the bounce extremely smooth. That one two three is about as good a one two three as you're going to find. And defense yep. was a little bit of an issue, but they brought two players in that were defensive players well, of the year. That's, that's what I was about to conference. say. Yeah, they Go they love Ty Fagan too. Um, and then um, they have three guys coming in, three transfers: Theo Akwuba, uh, the kid Javius McKinnis um, coming in from uh, where was he? Was he a Southern? Um, and then uh, uh, Jackson State. Yeah, Jackson State. Yeah, so they got they have guys coming in 
uh, Josh Mbala at Buffalo. They have guys coming in that were former defensive players of the year in their conference that all play that five spot. And what Kermit told me when I was writing the, the Almanac was like, this is going to be the first time that we really have a good team that can block shots and that can rebound. That's kind of what their, their hole was last season. So give me all those really good guards. Give me all these big guys. I trust Kermit Davis to figure it out. And I think last year had more to do with the fact that they were just so banged up and so injured throughout the season. Yeah, it, it's all on this year. X factor, PY, Jamin Brakefield. He's got to be like a, a guy that can make 38% and score. I think expectations for him were a little too high coming transferring from Duke to Ole Miss. He's like, a Duke guy. Huh? He's a Duke guy. Well, he's a glue like, guy. Change Duke, Duke to glue and you got Jamin Brakefield. Like he's a good player, but is he going to be your best player? On that team, he's not. You look at it, you look at Ole Miss like those three guards as good as anybody. And then Kermit's always done a really good job of kind of managing that line of controlling too much and letting your guys go. And whenever you have so many guards that can make things happen, uh, like especially Deshaun Ruffin, if he's as good as he was pre-injury, if he comes back in January, they're going to be a tough out for anybody. Yeah, I mean, Oxford, Mississippi is going to be a, a little flame if they're as good as I think they're going to be because Matt Morrell, that, he's Jody Meeks. Mm. Jody Meeks is a good friend of mine. He's very similar. He can score in bunches. He's going to be a high-level shot maker. Uh, and then they have James White who can create a little bit off the bat. They got a lot. There's a lot there to love if you're looking at Ole Miss. It's just a matter of uh, how's that front court going to be. Yep. All right, so there are – we talked about Todd Golden already. There are five other new head coaches in this league. Patrick, I'm going to you first on this one. You have LSU, you have Missouri, you have Mississippi State, you have South Carolina, you have Georgia. Out of that group, who are you buying? Who who do you think is going to end up having uh, the best season? I know this this is a this is a tough one um, because it's obviously coming into the SEC. Tough to recruit uh, when you're starting anew, but I'm going with Matt McMahon. Um, I love that he's a winner. You know, I was between Matt McMahon and Chris Jans, both guys winners. Uh, but I'm going under that similar criteria you had. He brought back uh, his point guard. He brought his point guard and his big from a top 25 team mm-hmm. into the SEC. So having that chemistry uh, is, I mean, and don't be surprised if KJ Williams makes it to an all-conference team. I One like of those that. guys that, yeah, don't be surprised if, he, he, if he's right around in the mix. Um, you know, you can't assume that they're going to be bad just because it was a dumpster fire uh, at the end of last year. But I, I really trust what he's done. They were 28-3 and three last year. Um, so just, just hoping he's going to have the right guys. To, you know, they're going to be a tough team to beat at home. Um, Adam Miller's back off his ACL. That was a huge grab for them to, to grab him to come back. I liked uh, looking at Tyrell Ward. As good player. Oh, he's, yeah, yeah. he's good. Yeah. I was, I was yeah. going to mention, yeah, he's good. He's, he, can, yeah. he can score. Um, I think he's a perfect – Bit like coming off the bench for that group. I, I don't know if he's going to necessarily be like a 12 point per game guy as a freshman, but I think he's going to be someone that can come off the bench and like every couple of games, you got a guy giving you 18 to 20, right? Yeah. I think that's kind of what he is. And uh, for a bench guy as a freshman, it's going to help. Lou Henson, all Americans, typically when they transfer up, they still do pretty well. Like those five, or I don't know if it's, if it's like the SEC, how many people they have on that team. I'm assuming it's five. But guys that transfer up, those Lou Henson mid-major All-Americans, when they go up, like, they usually have some suggest. K.J. Williams is like that, and he is big. Uh, I mean, like, he's not just OVC big. Like, he's SEC big, 6'10", 250 or whatever. He could step out a little bit. Yeah, he's and, big. 
And, and you see, I think you guys will attest to this. You see like these coaches, they bring two pieces with them, right? Like we're going to move on and talk about Chris Jans. He did the same thing, brought a culture piece with him. He, uh, McMahon, who grew up, by the way, 15 minutes uh, outside of Knoxville. So I don't know if people know that or not. Grew up 15 minutes outside of Knoxville. You're not supposed to He's tell a, people that, man. Yeah, I know. I probably <laughs> messed up his whole situation. But but I like those pieces. Uh, Cam Hayes, I think, was a good addition from NC State. He could never really get going, but he's another good body that can play. Derek Fountain never got off the bench last year at Mississippi State. That well, kid's let's, talented. Let's talk Mississippi State. Let's talk Christian. I like LSU. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, you, you just, just start. Christian. Just start doing this. I had a cup yeah. of coffee before we started, dude. Like I am juiced. <laughs> I should never have done that. Hey, hey! I Why just asked you, you about Chris Jans. Talk, talk to me about Chris Jans. I love about Chris Jans. I love Chris Jans. I think he's a perfect fit for what Mississippi State does. Oh, I think yeah. he's a perfect fit. He's going to bring in some some guys that really play hard. Mississippi State fans in Starkville really appreciate that kind of guy. A little rugged, right? He's, He's going to juke dudes. it up. He's going to juke He's it up. He's going to get some guys. They'll bring in some wildcats now. Like they'll bring in some dudes, historically speaking. Some of my good friends, Jamont Gordon, he was one of those dudes, also a wildcat. <laughs> like, like some of those guys, like Mississippi State embraces those kind of guys. Like Chris Jan's going to bring those guys. He's going to get them to play hard. I think from a fit perspective, I'm not sure there was a better fit coach to university and coach to athletic department than Chris Jans was to Mississippi State. And whenever those things happen and those marriages occur, things usually go well. Uh, I, we'll see how it goes in year one. Uh, obviously, it's going to take some time, but whenever you have Tolu Smith, it, it expedites yeah. the process because he's a beast. Hoping, hoping and then they shooting, so they got Eric Reed Jr. too. Like They added some pieces. It's going to take time, but I, I like their pieces initially. Yeah, Patrick. Uh, Mike White was at Florida. He's now at Georgia. I know. Uh, I know. To is is a little bit bullish on the Bulldogs this year. What do you? What do you? What do Georgia fans have to expect out of Mike White as their coach? Well, you know, obviously, uh, Coach White saw that his time at Florida was over. The fan base just was, you know, seven years is enough time to see if it's a fit that needs to keep going or not. And uh, happy for him. Fantastic man, by the way, Coach Mike White. Um, I think they're going to love just the culture that he's bringing um, to to Georgia. He's uh, an everyday guy. Every 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 opportunity I got to be around him, I was just like, man, this guy just makes me feel good about life. Big time pickup bringing a Quindo back. Uh, he, I mean, hey, don't sleep Bucket. on him. Don't sleep on him if he averages eighteen or nineteen a year or a game this year. Uh, and possibly sneaks into that that uh, third. Is there a third team now in the SEC All Conference? Probably. So what it is is that well, they got thirty seven dudes on the second team. So go ahead, and throw them on there. Yeah, if you if you play in the SEC, if you letter as a player in the SEC, then you're automatically locked into one of the All Conference teams somewhere. <laughs> automatically. Well, uh, listen, listening to uh, doing some research on uh, this coach Coach White's team, he brought. Uh, keeping get, uh, Braylon Bridges coming back, that was a big big time for him uh, as well. I mean, why, why leave? You're going to have the opportunity to be the guy uh, down down in the paint. Uh, Coach White brought in a lot of guys from smaller conferences, but they're winners. They were uh, guys that won, um, had opportunities uh, to hold trophies, cut down net. So if that attests and means anything, um, maybe it means that they're going to have more wins than last year. But it, I don't want to reveal my my picks here, but they weren't very – high from the bottom uh, overall. It's, it's a, you know, he didn't inherit a great program after last year. I think they will be better than last year. Yeah, they will be. Uh, yeah. I think they'll, they'll, they'll be a tough, tough, tough out at home, maybe. 
steal a game or two on the road. But um, yeah, that's about it. All right. So um, we're going to get to those power rankings in a second. Before we do, I think we all agree Oscar Sheway, SEC player of the year, right? Yeah. Anyone, anyone disagree? I think no. we're all there. Now, when you're the reigning national player of the year, we got to make you the preseason conference player of the year the next year, right? So who is the who's the next guy? Patrick, who's the next guy? Give me 30 seconds. Who's the next guy? Uh, my next guy that I wanted to go with, uh, I wanted to go with Colin Castleton. Uh, I think he is going to be a double-double machine this year. Um, he could very well average 20 and 10 and have an opportunity uh, to carry this Florida team in a super senior year uh, to something special. T.O.? You see Ole Miss make a run towards the top of the conference, and I think I have Matthew Morell on my second team, but if they make it in that top three of the league and he's averaging 18, 19 points a game, he's going to have a shot. But then I also go back, I look, is Nick Smith going to get together in time for conference Yeah, Like, if that happens, like, he he is a handful. I think that's a big thing. Brandon Miller could be up there if he's able to take a step, depending on how Oates uses him. There's just a lot of old dudes and a lot of good players. I went a lot of with, old dudes and a lot of good players. I, I would go with Nick Smith just because of the fact that Muss loves finding these mismatches and then just mm-hmm. going over and over and over and over yeah. again. And he always picks out one guard that's going to get like 26 shots. JT Note, how many how many times did he get 30 shots in the game last year? Oh, my goodness. It was, it was a lot. So I think Nick Smith is going to be that guy. I think he's probably going to put up pretty big numbers. Um, it'll depend on whether or not they are like good enough uh, at the start of the SEC season to be able to be in that conversation by the end. All right, let's get into these power rankings. We're going to end the show with a bold prediction. I'm going to put you guys on the spot. I'm going to make you have a bold take. But before we do that, let's just roll through uh, the, the the best 14 teams. We're going to start at the bottom, okay? And look, I'm I'm changing mine, okay? I've, I've, had, some, I've had some awakenings. I've had some uh, reconsiderations since we put together the Almanac. So I'm, mine's going to be a little bit different. I don't care. I can change it. I make the rules. This is what I do. Uh, so first and foremost, T.O. It's I'm my company. To, yeah, it's my <laughs> company. I can do what I want. <laughs> T.O., I'm going to you. Who is 14th in the SEC this season? Uh, South Carolina. Yeah, I'm there, I, I'm there too. Yeah, I, I hate it for Gigi because I think there's going to be a lot of undue pressure on him. He's the best player on a team that's not great. And the second best player is a very good SoCon player. Uh, you're going to have to have a big year for Michi Johnson, the Ohio State transfer. I just don't know if the talent's there yet. I think they could get it's, there. It's Lamar. not. It's, it's not. It's, it's not there. It, it's not. And I, Patrick, I already know from what you said at the Open, you got South Carolina 14th. I'm going to have them there as well. Be, they're going to be a hard-playing team, but a team that is going to execute defensively because they're not going to have the talent. Uh, is it going to be? It's not going to be enough to win a lot of a lot of games. But they're 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 not going to get blown out as often as you know what might think. They're going to be well coached. It's just you know they're going to be very well You need yeah, you need to have your most talented player not be a seventeen year old. That's that's kind of the bottom line. Yeah. All right, thirteenth. I have Missouri. What do you guys have? <laughs> I knew you were going to have to say. Uh, I got Georgia. Georgia. I'm going Georgia too. I, I, Mike's going to do a great job. And if there's one word that describes Mike, it's consistency. I think it, like he's just not named Billy Donovan. That's the only reason uh, Patrick didn't like him. I mean, he liked what? him, but you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like he's not, he wasn't in the final four. Like it, it, he has been consistent. The entire That's 21 close. seasons were regular there. It's just, they're not in the final four. So, I yep. mean, he's going to get some consistency. Yep. All right. 12th. What do you guys have? Vandy. Oh, wow. Yep. Andy's pretty low, huh? Uh, yeah. I got Mizzou. 
And I think Mizzou could be okay because Kobe Brown was a second-team all-league guy. Demoy Hodge was a good addition. Isaiah Mosley could be one of the better scorers in the SEC. So watch out for that name. Yeah, I have uh, I have Georgia twelfth. I think those to me those bottom three are kind of you can mold them whatever way you you uh, you really yeah. want to mold them. All right, eleventh. What do you guys have? Well, you Yo. guys convinced me. I need to change my answer. Uh, you know, I had Ole Miss, but now I'm going to go Mizzou. <laughs> <laughs> he's changing it up no, no, no. stick yeah, to your guns baby stick no, no. Your guns. change, change it yeah, as you I, need it py there, there's no there's no uh there's no loyalty here change it as you need it i'm you with educate, you you educated me and i'm i'm very bought in now so who do you have Morrell. i'm going with missouri at 10 at 11 missouri at 11 to uh I, i'm going mississippi state i think uh jans is going to get it going it's just going to take some time yep i agree um i think that there is uh a gap between 11 and 12. And to me, anyone from about seven to 11, you can kind of put those in any order. I probably yeah. would have Mississippi state 11. Um, but, uh, you know, it is, it is what it is. All right. 10th. Go ahead. That's T-O. Mississippi state for me. Oh, T-O, Mississippi state. Yeah. Uh, Vanderbilt for me, I know Scotty Pippen leaves, but if one thing that, uh, Jerry Stackhouse can do, it's get guys shots and he's got shooters. Miles Stutes, like a 40 plus percent guy. And, uh, Jordan uh, Wright is a very t- multi-dimensional scorer. I like those pieces. And if Liam Robbins stays healthy, they'll be all right. Yeah, they've sure. also uh, – I, I probably would have Vanderbilt 10th as well, but I think that they are um, the team that can probably make the biggest leap from the bottom of the conference. Well, you uh, don't have like – you don't have a ball-dominant guy. You it, it, yes. Like Stack flourishes whenever he's getting guys open shots, and they've yes, got shooters. Jordan Wright is a really, really good player. Uh, and they've said that Quentin Malora Brown was their most improved player in the offseason. They love the freshman okay. Colin Smith too, the kid coming in off the bench. Um, they think he's going to be really, really good. So I'm I'm buying Vanderbilt as the team that uh, if you got to pick someone from outside the, you know the 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 main teams to kind of make a run to the NCAA tournament for me, it would be Vanderbilt. All right, where are we at? What ninth? Nine. Yeah. Go ahead, Pat. Uh, going with LSU. So that's where I'm at. Yep. Yeah, I think LSU is going to do a lot, a lot better than a lot of people think. Um, win some tough games on the road. Uh, really excited to see this Matt McMahon. He's a winner. Yep. Uh, Having a veteran point guard that knows what the coach wants always helps. Exactly. Yeah. All right, eighth. T.O. Oh, oh, wow. Oh. Well, at least we got a chump. Hey, you're doing are you doing right over left or is that left over right? I can't. Who knows? I don't know the right answer, so I'm going to just say the mirror got me if it was the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, right, I like right I like Florida. Left. Alex Fudge Alex Fudge is a good player. He he it hasn't been it's been potential, it hasn't been production. Yeah. Um th- there's a couple other guys. Will Richards is a good player. He did it at the at at a smaller level. We'll see how that goes. Uh Kyle Lofton, you're really high on him, Rob. I, I I think he's a good player. I'm not sure he's a top five play point guard in that conference, and that is not a slight on him. That's talking about how damn good the SEC is. So yeah. I think that's important to say. I think Florida's going to be very good. I think this this league gets nine teams in. Yeah, you ready for this one, Patrick? Auburn. I got Auburn eighth. Hmm. I got Auburn eighth. If you don't have those two elite players at the forward spot and you still have the same backcourt uh, I'm not ready to buy all the way in especially when the guys that I think you can make the argument are the two 
most impactful wings that you have, we don't know if they're going to be healthy. Who do you got eighth, Patrick? Uh, eighth was uh, Ole Miss. But I like that. I like that take there. I, especially when we think about how awesome the, the front court was for Auburn. Uh, Walker and Jabari covered so much for those guys, yeah. the guards last year. And then when they got cold, it was just like, what happened to Auburn basketball? It, it, it took some, it took uh, Coach Pearl to tell, hey, pass the ball to Jabari for mm-hmm. for that, so, some more consistency, consistency and for them to uh, come away with winning the regular season last year. But please, for uh, the love that all, for, for love of everything holy, give the ball to our top three pick. Just yes, let, wait, you are Wendell Green, you're not Seth and they Curry. They still didn't do it. Please, I'm begging you, please just give the ball to Jamar Smith. He's pretty good. I don't know if you guys haven't seen. He's pretty good. All right, Tio, who do you – what are we at, seven, eight? Uh, I, I had Florida eight. Florida eight. So what do you got, seven? So LSU nine, Florida eight, uh, Auburn seven, all the same reasons. I, I just – Katie Johnson, I love him. How reliable is he when the game gets close? They're going to win a lot of games because they play harder than everybody. But I, I also think it's going to be difficult for them to win close ones. Yeah, I have uh, I have Ole Miss seventh just because uh, I love them. I think they have a high ceiling to me, five, six, seven. You throw them up in a bag, you pick someone out. They're probably going to all be about 12 and eight in the conference. It's going to depend on who has the uh, wins the most close games. But um, Deshaun Ruffin, uh, not knowing 100% what his health is going to be, just ticks him down a little bit. All right, sixth. Uh, I'll go first on this one. I have Texas A&M sixth for all the reasons that we talked about earlier. Just it feels like this is – a Buzz Williams year to be able to to make it happen. Py, who do you have? That one is uh, Texas A and M as well for me. Same. You haven't Six. said Florida yet, right? Rob? I have not said Florida yet. Okay. Oh, my bad. All right. He knew you were coming on the show. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To what do you have? Who's who's sixth? Uh, six. I got Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Uh, I think that team's really good. They're a tournament team if they stay healthy. Yeah. All right. I have fifth is where I'm plugging in the Florida Gators. Um, I I wanted I considered taking them uh, above Alabama and above Arkansas, but I can't go all the way in until I actually get eyes on their three wings. Kawasi Reeves, Will, Will Richard, Alex Fudge, Myron Jones, if he's making shots for all the reasons I discussed earlier. But I'm, I'm high on Florida teams that have great point guards and great fives to me yeah. are kind of what you need in college basketball. So. I love that we all are like kind of all in on different teams in this conference this year that are like coming up from the bottom of the league and, and making a run. But to me, that tells you it's going to be a really, really good season of SEC basketball. I'm fired yeah, up. Yeah, it is. I'm juiced up. I, I, I haven't even had any coffee, and I feel like I just drank a cup of To's uh, caffeine juice over there. I can't oh, believe you had what a terrible idea. I'm not going to be able to go to sleep till like four. <laughs> How'd you do that? I had Texas A&M five. Okay. Buzz Williams gets his guys going in year four. And they have their point guard of choice with Wade Taylor. Uh, year five is a good one for Buzz. Patrick? UF, go Gators. Go Gators. See, there you go. Great All right. Guard. You're Kawhi, Kawasi Reeves. Um, he's expected to be that guy, that wing player that can really he, – he, he's probably right there as being their best shooter that's going to be uh, starting for them. Kyle Lofton, um, they're very high on him with his presence and his attitude and what he can bring to the table right away. And, Colin, if you can stay healthy, uh, even playing with a torn rotator cuff last year averaged 16 points. So if you can stay healthy through the whole season, I would be uh, appalled if he doesn't have 20 and 10 throughout the year. <laughs> appalled. He's going to be appalled. appalled. Colin, I hope you I hear that. Appalled. Patrick is going to be appalled if you don't average 20 and 10 next year. All right, uh, let's go through these top four quickly. We've talked about these teams at pretty much at length. Fourth, I got Alabama. You guys got anything different? 
Nope. Third, Alabama. third Arkansas. Yep. 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 Second Tennessee. Yeah. To yep. are you going? Yep. To are you doing it? <laughs> I really want to. Yeah. I really I want to. I want. I can't. To. I can't pick I can't against Kentucky. That I just. I think revenge year for Kentucky. Yeah, it's it, Kentucky's yeah. going to have one of those like. I don't want to say that they're going to go all the way and win the national title the way that Virginia did in 2019, but it feels like they're going to have a kind of season where they make uh, a lot of statements. All right, we're going to end it with this. I need your bold predictions. Terrence. No, I'll go to Pat first. Pat, Pat's got his right, really? Pat, 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 go first. Give me your bold prediction in uh, the oh, SEC uh, season. Well, well, T.O. kind of just said that nine teams are going to make it, but I'm not going to go that far. Um, I believe seven teams are going to make going to make it this year um it's gonna you know it's just a double-edged sword sometimes when you're beating yourself within the league but how good are those quality wins are going to be but that that'll be my boldest prediction there um that there's actually going to be seven teams in the tournament uh this upcoming season i think two sec teams make the final four oh come on that's literally what i was gonna say bring the heat Doster, I was gonna say not Don't one, sleep on me, son. But two, but two SEC teams make the final four. Not one, not two, not three, but four SEC teams make it to the Elite Eight this season. I'm all oh, I thought you were say final four. I was like, Jesus, now, we're pushing, pushing all the chips in. You see what I'm doing? All the chips are going I think in the they middle. They pull an ACC and have two. Mm-hmm. They, they, Kentucky have two. and Tennessee. And I actually think you know who I think it's gonna like. Tennessee could certainly do it. Arkansas could certainly do it. Those top three, man, like. They're mm-hmm. a handful. Depth, shooting, beasts inside, like all three can make it happen. Yeah, and give does me – Does me, the SEC – does SEC have the best coaching? No. No, I would say the Big 12 does. Big 12? Yeah. And the old I, – I mean, the, the depth is pretty impressive. In the the SEC. highest paid, I'll tell you that. Yeah, but give me <laughs> – yeah, yeah that, that's true. But give me the two guys that won the last two national titles. Yeah, for that, that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. That's not a hot take, is it? A hot take? No, no, of course not. I never, I never traffic in hot takes. Anyway, listen, uh, this has been the SEC preview show. Thrilled, we got Patrick Young, Field of Sixty Eight After Dark, his first uh, his first Let's episode go. with us. To's been here for a year. We're kind of sick of him by now, but he keeps bringing the juice. They've so been trying to kick me back. out for six months, Pat. I won't let him do it. Man, hey, Pat, <laughs> great job, man. Thank you for being a part. I'm really excited yeah. to have you on. Yeah, thank you. This is fun. I can't yeah, wait till next week. Yeah, well, uh, producer Trevor is yelling at us because he wants to get back to be able to watch this World Series. So, for Terrence Oglesby, for Patrick Young, for Trevor, our producer, the big Illini fan, he's all fired up, all juiced up because they were in the college football playoff rankings. My name is Rob Doster. We'll see you guys again tomorrow night. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.